0: This message comes from NPR's sponsor, Progressive Insurance, where drivers who switch could save hundreds on car insurance. Get your quote at Progressive.com today. Progressive Casualty
1: Insurance Company and Affiliates. I'm Kavita Cardoza, and this is NPR's Life Kit. Watching a child deal with anxiety is tough. It's tempting to focus on wanting to make that anxiety go
2: away. When we were approached to write a book on anxiety, they actually asked us to write a book about trying to get rid of it for kids. And we told them that we have a different take on it that this is part of us, so it's not about getting rid of, it's about transforming.
1: That's Rini Jane. She's the founder of GoZen. She and her co-author, Shafali Sabri wanted to take a different approach to kids and anxiety when they were writing a book on the topic.
2: We wanted to really take it head on and normalize it, and really get kids to embrace it, which sounds strange to most parents and most kids when they first hear that.
1: Their book, Superpowered, Transform Anxiety into Courage, Confidence and Resilience, helps children change their relationship with their anxiety rather than change the anxiety itself. A radical idea, they say, in a society that tries to ignore hard feelings.
3: It's revolutionary to feel your feelings in today's world, and that's really a tragedy. Shifali and Rini explain that all children are
1: born with five superpowers, superpowers that are key to reframing anxiety. The problem is that children lose these superpowers as they get older, but they can take them back, while the reading age for their book is technically 8 to 12.
2: We have seen from the feedback that we're getting from people who are buying it and reading it with their
1: kids, it really is for all ages. So on this episode of Life Kit, how to get your superpowers back and see anxiety as part of our humanity rather than something to get rid of.
4: Support for NPR and the following message come from PBS. PBS invites you on a trip to the future. A brief history of the future is a groundbreaking series filled with hope and possibility about where people are today and what could come next. From tech to tradition, from climate to culture, from science to spirituality, join futurist Ari Wallach on a journey around the world as he meets the brilliant minds and brave pioneers remaking people's futures for generations to come. A brief history of the future. Stream now on PBS and the PBS app.
0: This message comes from NPR sponsor Capella University. Sometimes it takes a different approach to unlock your true potential. Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format is designed to help you learn relevant skills at your own pace, so you can earn your degree on your terms and apply what you learn right away. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.
1: I love the premise of the book that all children are born with five incredible superpowers. So superpower one, for example, is all kids were born explorers. They start out wanting to touch and smell and watch everything. Tell me about some of the other superpowers. Yeah, so we have presence, as you mentioned, and we have O is
2: originality, right? We come into the world owning this incredibly original voice. Then we have W, which is whole, right? You are enough as you are in this moment, no matter what. Often we feel we need to reach a goal or, you know, get a certain accolade or get a trophy or a grade in order to feel like, well, if. I do this, then I'm going to feel happy. And we are fiercely reactivating the superpower in kids and telling them, no, you're, you're amazingly whole as you are. The ease for energized, you know, all kids come into the world with an incredible amount of energy at their disposal, jumping out of bed, ready to, you know, attack the day in the world and resilience. You know, we've rarely met a kid who has the ability, if they have the ability to walk, They will try a thousand times. They will fall and they will get up and they will fall and they will get up and they will fall. And they don't stand up and say, you know what, I'm just not, I'm not going to do this walking thing. Forget it. Forget it. Right? (laughs) We we come in resilient. We want to master our skills and model the other
1: people in the world around us. So give me some examples of how children lose their superpowers or the way you all put it is how do those superpowers get zapped?
3: In the book, we talk about one way we do it is through shouldifying. You know, we should, everything is the should, how things should be, how my kid should be, how you should feel. But we miss how they are, you know? So it's it's moving away from the fantasy and the expectation to the reality and meeting your kid where they are in the moment. So one of the ways it gets zapped is through this incessant future-based kind of shouldifying that we do and living in in another time zone rather than the acceptance of the present moment.
2: Yeah, absolutely. As parents we really we usher this as well we facilitate getting stuck in the future well you know you really have to study for this math test because math that math test will then relate to whether you get into the good math class which is then a good college which is then a good career and a good husband or wife or mate and so we we play the whole thing out in a simulation And that's okay if we're making plans, but we need to be able to bring ourselves back into the moment so that we can actually live our lives, right, and not obsess about everything that could possibly happen in the future.
1: One of the things adults often say to kids and to each other is, don't worry. And both of you believe dismissing worry isn't a good idea, right? In fact, you believe worry has purpose, worry has benefits, worry is good for you.
2: Yes, you know, the funny thing about a parent saying to a child, don't worry, is obviously it's coming from love, often great intention, and you really know from experience that there may be nothing to worry about. But the issue with doing that is that you are not giving the child or the tween or the teen the ability to do this for themselves. So what we introduce in the book is a character named Wisteria the warrior and we call her Wistie for short. So when you are able to take a feeling that can be abstract and hard to wrap your head around and you create a character and you personify it, that makes it concrete for kids. And what it has them do is know that this character is a part of who you are, but it's not all of who you are. And also you are able to begin a friendship and a dialogue with this piece of yourself, with anxiety. The primary thing that we want you to do is to cultivate a relationship with this anxiety and start to talk
1: to it. Give me an example of how that would play out. How would you have a dialogue with worry?
3: You can write in a journal. That's one form of literary personification. Just writing the words of how you feel allows that distance and that space and that perspective. Draw a character, draw a picture, give it a name, give it a tone, give it a color. What would it say right now? Make a puppet out of a sock, talk to it. I'll be it, you be it, right? Anytime you can do that, it demystifies This otherwise ominous kind of feeling to uh, really, you know, demystifying and allowing you to simplify this otherwise threatening world that's inside that everyone seems to be
1: running away from. Some of the exercises focus on helping kids understand the whole picture and the, the exercises are super practical. So, for example, you have one called What's Under the Duck?, and it helps kids understand that the duck kind of looks like it's serenely floating by, but under the water, it's paddling furiously. Can you talk about some other practical ways that children can can help themselves?
2: Yeah, the best case, worst, worst case scenario exercise that's in the book is really to kickstart your ability to assess risk. So when you are talking to a kid or you're talking to a teen and they are feeling really anxious, what happens is, is that their ability to assess risk is kind of thrown out the door. So maybe they're afraid to fly in a plane and you say to them, but you know what, you go in a car every day and statistically that's actually more dangerous than flying in a plane. Well, they might say, "Mm, don't really care. I feel like it's more dangerous to go in a plane. And so their feelings really start to overpower their ability to assess the risks. So if you write down what's the best thing that can happen or the best case scenario, what's the worst case, and what's the most likely outcome, what that do, what's that doing for you, it is helping you to, you know, again, start that engine in your mind where you can assess probability.
1: So let's talk about ways kids can get back their, their superpowers. So um, one of the, the ways you can be present
3: is by becoming a noticer. So one of the ways that we return them to that practice, their own sense of mindfulness, is by teaching them to learn to observe, you know, and adults need to learn this as well, where you learn to notice, notice what kinds of thoughts are coming, you know, and teaching children that just because they have a thought doesn't mean they need to react to the thought, and this is for adults as well, is probably one of the most powerful things we can teach ourselves and them. Because once you realize that a thought doesn't have power over you and that you can literally just observe it and let it pass, you then decide which thoughts you wish to choose to react to, choose to respond to. And just giving children that baton that you're in charge of which thoughts you wish to respond to, you choose to respond to, is a huge uh, empowering technique that we can all benefit from, but especially children. Um, Being whole, how do you get that back? Wholeness is something children come to the world with where they feel very connected to who it is they are they don't see anything wrong with them. They don't believe they need to change something about them. But very quickly, within the first two years, they quickly pick up that, "Mm, who I am is not being accepted. So I need to tweak myself. I need to change parts of who I am. And like, you know, an ever-moving jigsaw puzzle, they're trying to recreate a new version of themselves because they're trying to fit in. And this takes away from their wholeness. So in the book, We talk about how to move from that desire to fit in to a new desire, which is to be connected and to belong to oneself. And one of the exercises here is how do you, uh, teaching children how to move from the anxiety of everything is wrong with me to shifting that to a celebration. And one of the exercises here is use your supervision glasses, where you put on a new vision of who it is you are. So if you are thinking, oh my goodness, I'm just so weird, you know, I overthink everything or I can't do anything right. You put on these glasses, which changes your perspective about who it is you are. And you say, instead of beating yourself down to saying, you know, I'm such a creative person. That's why I have so many ideas. I'm not overthinking, I'm over-creative. So in ways like this, we teach children, stop trying to become something you're not and shift into realizing the potential of all that you already are. Mm -hmm.
1: Another superpower that gets zapped um, is feeling energized. How do you get that back? One of the concepts that we talk about
2: in this chapter of getting that superpower back is finding your flow. When you are in a state of flow or in the zone, as they might call it, we've all been there before. That place where you're writing or you're painting or you're cooking or you're doing something where you're so immersed that all time falls away. So the, one of the best ways to reactivate the superpower is to find your kids, observe them in flow. Let's find where are they in flow. Maybe it's video games. you know. Maybe it's playing basketball. Maybe it's when they're singing. And find the elements that are creating the flow. See why, right? Let's look at the why of those elements are working for them and talk to them about it, right? And see if you can re- recreate
1: some of those in their life. So the last one comes up a lot in in all kinds of issues about children, Uh, the superpower of resilience.
3: You know, we are raising children with this fixed mindset versus a growth mindset because we adults are fixed in our fixed mindset of duality, you know, positive or negative, success or failure, good or bad. And these fixed ways of looking at the world peg us down and paralyze us. And that's what we've done to our children. So this chapter teaches parents really first to have a fluid mindset, to move from this fixed, I can't do it, to I'm still learning Mm -hmm. mindset, which is Mm growth-based. So it's not the destination, it's the journey. Yeah, but this is a culture that is so obsessed with only the final letter grade, the final bank account, the final look. And that's why children lose resilience. They just don't want to try anymore. And resilience is the opposite of that. Resilience is the capacity to keep going despite the odds because you have this inner optimism or courage or hope or Uh, this tolerance for risk. A lot of people are
2: familiar with Carol Dweck's work on growth and fixed mindset. And they will, in classrooms, they'll hang up posters that say, don't write, I can't do it, right? I can't do it yet, right? And we feel that language is like going to get us there. And language is amazing and mindset is amazing, but the ability to change takes action and it takes habit, so we leave this book off on mindset but it is literally the beginning of positive change in a child's life the only way to actually have it be a part a deep embedded part of their life is for them to begin to act upon
1: their belief system mm-hmm. that's actually kind of was kind of my last question that I was struck by how practical this book was you know, um, it seemed like you had to do stuff. It wasn't just, oh, I'm going to read about stuff.
3: Yeah, and the deeper implication of that is really vast and a rippling effect, which is you're not fated, you know, to your culture, to your indoctrination, to your traditions or the present day reality. You can be the master and mistress of your own inner state of joy so take the helm you know we're giving children that power don't wait for your parents don't wait for culture don't wait for your teachers you can wake yourself up and live your best most joyful life it's your inner terrain that is in your control and we give them that sense of empowerment which is really the the key to the whole book
1: That's clinical psychologist Dr. Shafali Sabari and Rini Jain, the founder of GoZen. They are the co-authors of Superpowered, Transforming Anxiety into Courage, Confidence and Resilience. So let's recap. Make friends with the worry. Telling children not to worry isn't helpful. Instead, try personifying the anxiety. So when you are able
2: to take a feeling that can be abstract and hard to wrap your head around, and you create a character and you personify it,
1: that makes it concrete for kids. Encourage mindfulness. Help children notice the thoughts in their minds, but recognize they have the choice to accept the
3: thought or not. Once you realize that a thought doesn't have power over you and that you can literally just observe it and let it pass... You then decide which thoughts you wish to choose to react to, choose to
1: respond to. Rediscover flow. Notice when your kids are in a flow state. Is it when they're playing basketball or reading or baking? Recognize the state in your kids and help them recreate those aspects in other parts of their life. A growth mindset will promote resiliency. Help children overcome challenges by promoting encouraging language. So instead of, I can't do this, say, I can't do it yet. But remember, a growth mindset is just the beginning. Change takes action and habit. Help children act upon these beliefs. For more episodes of LifeKit, go to npr.org lifekit. We have episodes on all sorts of topics, from how to start therapy to how to compost at home. Also, we want to hear your random tips. Leave us a voicemail at 202 216 9823 or email us at lifekitnpr.org. At this episode was produced by Claire Marie Schneider. Megan Kane is the managing producer and Beth Donovan is our senior editor. I'm Kavita Kadosa. Thanks for listening.
3: Since the 1980s, hip-hop and America's prisons have grown side by side.
4: And we're going to investigate this connection to see how it lifts us up and holds us down.
0: Hip-hop is talking about what we live, trying to live the American dream, failing at the American dream.
1: I'm Sydney Madden.
4: I'm Rodney Carmichael. Listen now to the Louder Than a Riot podcast from NPR Music.
1: Where we trace the collision of rhyme and punishment in America.
4: This message comes from NPR sponsor, Oracle Cloud Infrastructure. AI may be the most important new computer technology ever, but AI needs a lot of processing speed, and that gets expensive fast. Upgrade to the next generation of the cloud, Oracle Cloud Infrastructure. OCI is the single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. Do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic. Take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash NPR. I'm Rachel Martin. You probably know how interview podcasts with famous people usually go. There's a host, a guest,
3: and a light Q&A.